Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. I'm going to start with a question that might seem a little bit forward and maybe even a little bit heavy. But here's my question for you. Have you ever felt disappointed? Have you ever felt like your expectations were not met? Now maybe you thought one thing was going to happen and you expected one thing and it was like the total opposite happened. Well, I think in scripture a lot of people probably felt this way. I think a lot of people probably felt like, like their expectations weren't met. And we see this so many times. I think Moses probably felt this way as he was wandering in the desert with the Israelites for 40 years, just waiting to enter God's promised land. I think Joseph probably felt this way when he was sold to be a slave by his own brothers when he was just a teenager. I think Abraham and Sarah probably felt this way as they waited and waited and waited on a child for what probably felt like far too long. Now, oftentimes, we feel like people don't meet our expectations. But what do we do when we feel like God is the one who has not met our expectations? The title of this message is The Death of Your Expectation. The Death of Your Expectation. And one of the places in scripture where I think is the epitome of expectations that are not met is the death of Lazarus. And we find that in John chapter 11. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha, This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through this. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Notice the Bible doesn't say Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. So the second he heard Lazarus was sick, he got up from where he was and he went to them. Now it says he, he waited where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. And after he said this, he went up to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. And Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there 
so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Now, if I was one of the disciples, I'd probably be thinking, what? Jesus, Lazarus is dead? Jesus, your friend, Lazarus, is dead? He's the one that you love. How could you let this happen? And if I was Martha or Mary, I probably would have thought, Jesus, we called on you. Jesus, we waited on you. We believed in you. And we believed that you would come. And you didn't. Jesus, you stayed where you were for two more days and you let Lazarus die. I don't know if any of you have felt that in your own life. Where you're crying out to Jesus. And you say, Jesus, I called on you. I have waited on you. I believed in you. I believed that you would come and it feels like you didn't. You're not here. You have not shown up for me in the way that I thought you would. See, I've felt disappointment many times in my life. But one of the first times that I can recall feeling disappointment was when I was seven years old and my parents were separated. And then by the time I was eight years old, they were divorced. And that's not what I expected. I didn't expect that as a kid to grow up that way. And I experienced this a lot in my early 20s and even into my mid-20s, I felt like God had just forgotten about me. I saw every single one of my friends get married and have kids. And I just felt like, God, you have come through for them. Why aren't you coming through for me? Sometimes God doesn't meet our expectations. And when we feel that disappointment, it's overwhelming. It can feel like it overtakes us. But I believe today that God wants to awaken something new in you. I believe some of you in here, he wants to speak to you about where he's been or where he is in this very moment in the midst of your unmet expectations. And I believe he just wants to awaken some new belief for something big and for something new. And he wants to give you something that you never even thought to ask for from him because you were so set on him coming through exactly the way you expected. So, where is God in the midst of our unmet expectations? Well, Isaiah 43 verse 19 says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Some of you need to know that what you expected God to do, what he prepares to do in your life is far beyond anything you could ever imagine. So where is he in the midst of our unmet expectations? 
Well, point number one, he's speaking his promise to you. He is speaking his promise to you. Luke 137 says, for the word of God will never fail. It will never fail. And when you hold on to your expectations tighter than you hold on to God's word, you communicate that you don't trust he'll make good on his promises. But your expectations don't dictate how God will fulfill his word. His word never fails. And his word is a gift for you to hold on to in every season of your life. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11 says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God never speaks a word and doesn't fulfill it. It is not who God is. It is not the character of God. And it is not how his word works. His word will never fail. And it will never return to him empty. And so if you feel like God has not followed through on a promise in your life, you can know for sure that he will fulfill his word to you. It just might not be the way that you expected. Your interpretation of God's promise and how he intends to fulfill his promise aren't always the same thing. And that can feel hard. I can feel really hard sometimes, but God is faithful to fulfill his word to you. In John chapter 11, verse 4, Jesus gives a word to the disciples about Lazarus, and he says to them, this will not end in death. And what's weird about this verse is in John eleven fourteen, Jesus says plainly to them, Lazarus is dead. And so if I was one of the disciples, I would, I'd be thinking, what? Jesus, you said this wouldn't end in death. And now you're standing before us telling us Lazarus is dead. What, what am I missing here? But see, I think when we read this verse, we're focusing too much on the, on the part about death. But we need to be looking at the part where Jesus says, this is not how this ends. He said, this will not end in death. Now, could it be that the very thing you think in your life has died, the very thing you think has reached its end is only the beginning of God's story for you? See, he's not a God of broken promises. His word will never return to him empty. And so we have to stop assuming that God has not followed through on his promise when we just haven't seen how this ends yet. God said this will not end in death. This is not the end. And that was his promise to them. And he always keeps his promise. 
So it might not be the God of the promise you're frustrated with. It might be the process of receiving the promise. See, God gives us a promise but seldom includes the process. And they didn't know that death was actually a part of God's process. But we as believers need to learn to expect the process when we are waiting on God's promise. And when you're tempted to feel like God has just not followed through on what he said he would, I want you to just take a deep breath today and just rest. Because you just might be in the process. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9 says, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. What if God is just being patient for your sake in your situation right now. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. When Jesus takes his time in the process, it's not because he's forgotten about you. It's not because he has abandoned you. That's not who he is. Jesus stayed where he was two more days, and then he went to Bethany to see Lazarus, and in the process, Lazarus died. But Jesus doesn't just sit on his hands. Jesus doesn't just wait for no reason. Jesus waits strategically. Jesus waits for the right moment to bring forth that miracle. The fulfillment of his promise is never threatened by his timing. They go hand in hand. And it may feel like Jesus has promised you something and he's just sitting around and he's not moved yet. But it just may not be time. Hebrews 10.37 says, For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Sometimes our expectations have to die in God's process. But God's perfect timing ushers in his promises every single time. I know what that feels like to feel like God is not moving on what you feel like he has promised you. But I promise he will come through. You just may be in the process today. It's just not time yet. So where is God in the midst of our unmet expectations? Well, he is speaking his promise to you. Point number two. He is present in our grief. God is present in our grief. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
John 11, verse 17 says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. And I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly, quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha and Mary greet Jesus in the same way. They say, Lord, if you just would have been here, if you would have just shown up, our brother would not have died. And I want you to notice how Jesus responds to them. He does not rebuke them for their feelings. And some of you need to know today, he is not offended by your feelings. He can handle them. Jesus is not offended by your feelings. He can handle all of your disappointments. He can handle all of your unmet expectations. He already knows. He can handle. In fact, he doesn't just, he doesn't just want us to come. He asks us to. In 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. He says, come bring all those things to me and just leave them at my feet. For he always tenderly cares for you. He tenderly cares for you. And some of you need to know that, that you can vocalize your disappointments to God. God's feelings for you are not changed when you vocalize yours. He loves you. He tenderly cares for you. He wants you to come to him and say, I am disappointed. He wants you. He is a safe place for you. Luke 12, 7 says, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. The next verse says, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. And I, when I read that, I was like, wow. A whole flock? Me? Wow. <sighs> and then God kind of showed me what that verse meant. 
He's saying, I care about you. He's saying, if a sparrow, something as worthless as a sparrow falls from the sky, I take notice. How much more do you think I take notice of you? I care about everything in your life. Even the things that seem small, I care about you. I notice everything about you. And I love you. I love how the Passion Translation says this verse in Luke 12. It says, what is the value of your soul to God? Could your worth be defined by an amount of money? God doesn't abandon or forget even the small sparrow he has made. How then could he forget or abandon you? What about the seemingly minor issues of your life? Do they matter to God? Of course they do. So you never need to worry for you are more valuable to God than anything else in this world. You are more valuable to God than anything else in this world. You matter the most to him. He cares about you. He cares about everything in your life. Nothing is small to him when it comes to you. If he cares to know the number of hairs on your head, why wouldn't he care to know what is grieving your heart? He can handle your disappointments. He can handle those frustrations in your heart and those unmet expectations. You can be honest with him about anything and nothing will change the way he feels about you. Jesus, he doesn't just care about your grief, though. He wants to grieve with you. John 11, verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus wept with them. And when I read that, I don't feel like that makes a lot of sense. Because Jesus knew the outcome of this story. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew what he was going to do. But I think in this moment, Jesus was trying to communicate something about him to them. And he was saying, I'm going to feel this with you. He saw them and he was deeply moved. And I think he just was trying to say, I... I'm in this with you. And not just that, I feel this with you. The things that you feel, I feel too. I'm going to sit here and grieve with you because that's how much I love you. I am tenderly caring for you and I'm choosing to feel what you feel in this moment. Sometimes I think we think Jesus is the God of miracles, but we don't think Jesus is the God who sits with us while we wait on the miracle. But he's both. 
He is our miracle working God. And he is our ever present help. He is our very present savior in our time of need. I experienced this in my life about a year ago. And God showed up and spoke to me in a way that I hadn't felt in a long time. And there was something that he was kind of bringing up in my heart about something that, that had happened to me when I was young. And I just kind of locked it down and I buried it because it was confusing for me. And I'd think back and be like, I don't even know what that was. I don't even know what that was. And it just brought a lot of confusion to me and a lot of shame. And I had never talked to anybody about it, but God started bringing this up in my heart. And so the next day, I made an, an appointment with Pastor Doug. And I walked in and I said, I, I've never told anybody this, but I feel like I'm supposed to talk about this and kind of process this. And so he sat there and just listened as I just told him, this, this is what happened to me. And he's was so sweet, and at the end of the appointment, he was like, I think God wants to speak to you. So he had me close my eyes. And so he said, I want you to just picture you being in the safest place possible. And one of the places that I love so much, I'm not from Arizona, but when I was about 15, my dad would bring us out here on vacation. And we would go up to Oak Creek Canyon. And one of my like favorite places ever is just right right there like by the water it's just peaceful just right in the canyon it feels so big and so I just picture myself there he goes okay invite Jesus into that safe place so just with my eyes closed I invite Jesus and I can just see him just in my mind's eye there and we talked through a couple other things and at the end he said I, I want you to give God this disappointment and this, this grief that you feel and this confusion, give him this pain that you're holding on to. I want you to just give it over to him. And sometimes I am so guilty of this, but I feel sometimes that we think we, we know what God's already going to say. Or we know, we know what God is already going to do in moments like this. And so I just thought, I, I already know how God is going to respond. I think he's just, you know, going to take, take this pain from me and just kind of like, brush it away and just, you know, he makes all things new. So he's just snapping his fingers and it goes away. But that's not what he did. That's not what he spoke to me and showed me that day. So my eyes are closed and I'm just like a little girl. And I just like hand over this pain to Jesus. And what he did is he grabbed it and he didn't just go like that. And he didn't just like snap his fingers. He brought it into his heart. And in that moment, I felt like he spoke to me. I'm in this with you. I feel this with you. I feel this pain with you. I am not far from you. If this hurts you, if this grieves you, I'm feeling that with you right now. And I don't have to but I choose to because I love you so much and I want you to know that I am present in your grief. He is present 
He is our very present help. And he sits with us while we wait on his promise. So where is God in the midst of our unmet expectations? He is speaking his promise to us. And he is present in our grief. But some of you might still be thinking, well, Jesus, you could have still saved Lazarus. Jesus, could you imagine how much pain you could have spared them by just saving him and just healing him? But saving Lazarus was never the mission. Raising Lazarus was. Point number three, where is God in the midst of our unmet expectations? He is resurrecting your belief. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And when it's time for Jesus to deliver on his promise, what you are grieving today, you will be rejoicing in tomorrow. John eleven thirty eight 38 says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. In other words, she's saying, Jesus, it's over. Jesus, what are you doing? And I feel like Jesus thought in his mind, Martha. Remember what I told you. This will not end in death. And then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here so that they may believe you have sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I believe when God does not meet our expectations, it's because our expectations were not big enough. Martha and Mary were just waiting on Jesus to come in and save their brother, to heal their brother. But I think Jesus was thinking, I can do so much more than that. You just haven't seen it yet. I don't just want to save him. I don't just want to heal him. I want to bring him back to life. And I'm going to do it in such a way that you begin to believe in things that you have never believed for in all of your life. I'm going to come through for you, but I'm going to do it my way. And sometimes when God does things his way, it's really painful for us because we have to let go of our way. But God's way is always the best way. And even if he never comes through the way that you expected, you can know that he will always exceed your expectations. 
Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who was able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God wants to give you so much more than you could ever imagine. But sometimes we have to let go of what we expected to receive the miracle that God wants to give us. And I believe that there is one thing God has been after this whole time. And it's our belief. It's belief. And he's trying to build our belief in this process. To believe for something greater than we've ever seen. To believe for him to come through in a way we could have never imagined. If believing in Jesus is powerful enough to give you and I salvation, imagine what a small amount of belief unlocks in the kingdom of God. Jesus said to Martha, did I not tell you if you believe you will see the glory of God? He says, I know you believe in me, but I also know you have felt so much doubt in this process. And so if you would, just give me any amount of belief you have left, even if it is the smallest amount, just hand it to me. In a different passage of scripture, Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible, and I think that's all Martha had. I think sometimes that's all that we have, just such a small, small amount of belief. And if we go all the way back to the beginning of the story in John 11, 21, when Martha first greets Jesus, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But then she says, but I know that even now, even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And I think she was saying, I'm so frustrated with how this turned out. But God, even in my unmet expectations, I'm going to give you what little belief I have left. Because I know, even if you don't meet my expectations, if you never do, God, I know you can take this. And you will exceed my expectations every single time. Like I said, I, I felt disappointment many times in my life. And there's been some times where I felt like Martha and Mary. I felt like God didn't meet my expectations. And I'd go to him and say, Lord, if you just would have been here. Lord, if you would have just shown up. The way I've been asking, God, I've been waiting on you. I've been believing in you. And it just feels like you've forgotten about me. And one night I was just crying out to God, just so angry. And I said, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? And I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke so quickly to my heart. And I said, whoa. I am not doing this to you. I don't do things to you. 
I love you. I am doing this for you. And maybe some of you feel like that today. Maybe you've been crying out to God for something and you think, God, why? Why would you do this to me? Could it be that God is doing this for you? He told them, I'm doing this for your sake so that you may believe for something bigger than you do right now. Because your expectations, as great as they are, they're not big enough for me. I wanna come in and I wanna exceed everything that you thought for your life because I am the resurrection and the life. And I'm gonna breathe life into you in a way you've never experienced before. I think God wants to show you that he's not far from you when you feel like you, you've been forgotten or he's not met your expectations. But he just wants to show you that even if he doesn't meet them, he will exceed them every single time. So I just want to take a moment. And if you have something you've been taking notes on, I want you to pull it out. Or you can pull your phone out and just pull up a note. But I want us to do something right now. Because we've talked a lot about disappointment. We've talked a lot about God when it feels like he's not met our expectations. And sometimes we don't know what to do with that. But I want to give you an opportunity today to vocalize some of your disappointments to God. To be honest with Him. And so right now, I want you to just begin to make a list, if you would. I want you to begin to write down some of the things that you feel disappointed by. And some of you might have one really big thing. And some of you might have three really big things. Some of you might have 30 really big things. But I believe that God is here in this room and he wants to minister to your heart. But we can't do that when we keep our hearts back here. We have to bring it here and let him speak into us. And I want us to just let God into this list. You may be thinking of one thing right now. I want you to begin to let God into that disappointment and let him speak to you the way that he wants to. Aaron's just gonna sing over us for a few moments. And maybe God wants to remind you of a promise he's given you. Or maybe he just wants you to know I'm with you. I'm present with you. I know this is hard, but I'm with you and I've never left you. But maybe there's some of you in here that, that God just wants to resurrect that belief. That knowing that he will come through for you. So we're just going to take the next few moments to let God speak into our unmet expectations. So let's let him speak. Shake the 
Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.